Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining me again. I'm really enjoying making these podcasts and going through the Bible with you guys. And I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. So today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do the gospel according to the book of Daniel, starting at chapter 13. Ha ha ha! If you paused it just now and went and looked for it, you probably realize there is no chapter 13 in the book of Daniel. We're going to be doing my personal testimony. So, of course, if you've read the title of this, it's probably already given away that joke. But I'm excited to kind of let everybody know a little bit about my life and God and what he's done in my life. So, you know, we can read the Bible and those are stories that of course is amazing and changes our lives but sometimes the story that somebody can tell you about what God's done in their life means more to us because we know who those people are so not to down not to diminish the Bible because everybody listening to this knows what I feel about the Bible and how important it is in my life but I God was just telling me to kind of get on here and talk a little bit about who I am and where I come from and why I believe what I believe as a Christian. So, you know, it all starts with my father. My father is a Christian man, good, godly man of God, along with my mother who served God their entire life after I was born. Of course, (laughs) us tackets tend to have wild teenage years and young adult lives. But my father came to know God and he was in a car accident and broke his neck before I was born and in an old Pentecostal church service the pastor stood up and asked my father if he wanted to be healed and he told him if you want to be healed Bud Tackett which is my father's name he said stand up out of that wheelchair and walk up here and God will heal you and my dad bruised like half of his brain and they told him he was going to be a vegetable the rest of his life but he believed and he had faith and my father stood up and barely made it up to the altar but from that moment on God did a miraculous work in his life and to this day my dad's working at GM he got his job back he went back to work for his family and to this day that man you go to his house he's gonna be outside doing something in his yard or staying busy and it's nothing short of a miracle that he's even able to walk again so from the minute I was born I was born out of a miracle like my that miracle with my father 
changed my life because I wouldn't be here without that. So my whole existence began from knowing that God is miraculous and what he does is miraculous for those who believe and trust in him. So I always had this this belief in me. So growing up as a kid, it wasn't, you know, I had multiple times in my life where God showed his miraculous power. My mom tells the story about when I was a kid and I fell out of a window seal and I bumped my head. I had a goose egg on the top of my head and my mom came over and laid hands on me and as she was praying, she felt the knot actually disappear underneath of her hands. And it was a miraculous miracle from God. So growing up, my mom read the Bible, took us to church, and it always put this love for God inside of me. And I, I mean, I wasn't perfect. Ask any Sunday school teacher I ever had or any teacher that's ever encountered me since. But I always loved God. And no matter what I did in my life, there was something inside of me that drew me to this connection with God. And from the time I was a kid, I would witness to friends and we would be hanging out with kids and I'd be telling them about church and my mom would go out of her way and help me pick up my friends and bring them to church and we would witness to them and change their life by letting them encounter God and experience who he really is. So I always had that drawing me to win souls and to, to make everybody around me's life better by introducing them to the Savior that changed my family's life. So this, you know, built my relationship with God at a young age. My mom would come in my room when I was young, like seven, eight, and I'd be in there bawling my eyes out just in a moment with God. And I remember him looking at me like, what are you doing? It's two o'clock in the morning, you should be sleeping. But there was, there was a deep connection where God and me needed to spend time especially as a kid and it, it built this belief in him so as I continued you know through my life you know I, I didn't always make the right decisions of course but I always knew that there was a God and that I loved him and that he loved me and even when my life spun out of control I would always know how to get it back in order by doing the things that was taught to me by my parents and by the Bible. So we would have like these big revival services and well-known Pentecostal preachers would come to our churches and preach and I would look at those evangelists and think that's that's what I want to do. I want to travel and I want to preach God's word. Like if I can affect one person's life, like I know that what I'm doing matters, that it's going to make a difference in this world. So I remember when I finally became old enough to be baptized and make that decision, I I wanted a, an evangelist to baptize me. Like I now looking back, I think I like I wanted an impartation from their, their spiritual blessing or their anointing, which makes sense. But like as a kid, in my mind, all I thought was I want to be like him. I want him to baptize me. So I got baptized by an evangelist when I was real young and I don't remember his name or <laughs> anything about him now but I remembered the spirit that he had when he came to our church 
and that he preached truth and that he was concerned about the souls in that building and it was impressive to me that someone's job could be traveling and telling people about a wonderful God so as I grew up though of course you get into your teenage years and it becomes more about fitting in and having friends and figuring out what you're going to do with your life but again there was always this you know I was always in church still I would always remember the, the revival services and reaching for God and I rebelled you know I did dumb things uh, my pastor now back when his father was the pastor of our church caught me behind the church smoking cigarettes and I'll never forget the fear I felt when he walked around the corner and caught me and he, you know they brought me to my parents and you know I got in all kinds of trouble I was being rebellious but I wish I'd have never I wish I'd have never smoked them God to go back and to smack yourself when you're young like my youth pastor then was my the bishop's son and he uh he tried <laughs> even when I was young he tried and he was like hey get it together but uh but you know I uh I didn't make all the right decisions and I was young and I didn't understand a lot so I found myself going down some dark roads and chasing things that I shouldn't have been concerned about especially as a Christian and worrying about what really matters in life but I uh I always knew in my heart that there was something that I, I, I needed in order to feel complete. Like, no matter how much, you know, I made good money and I had friends and I, I sang for bands and I did all the stuff that I thought I needed to be happy. But in the end, it was like I always knew that God, without Him, there is no happiness. You're never going to find what's going to make you complete until you find God. So I remember trying, like, dumb things and making bad mistakes, but always finding a place where I could connect with God again. And my mom and me would have conversations. I called her one time. She tells me about it where I was probably, like, 20, and I was not doing good. And I remember calling my mom and, and I was telling her, I don't know, like, I know I'm not doing right. And I know my life's not where it should be. I was like, but last night I prayed and I spoke in tongues again, Mom. And I said, no matter what I'm doing in my life, no matter where I'm going, if, I, if, if I've still got the Holy Spirit in me and, and I can still speak in tongues, then, then there's a chance for me still. Like, there's, there's, there's still God and he knows who I am. So speaking in tongues was something I experienced when I was probably like 13. And I remember, you know, our church was big on getting filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And that's the sign that you know you have it. And, you know, we had friends that uh, would pray for it for years and never, never receive it. And we'd all talk about it. And I remember when I was young and I prayed and I, I set my mind that I was going to reach God and I wasn't going to leave that church service until I got the Holy Ghost. 
and I spoke in tongues and I knew that I was saved. So we had like a revival service and a special minister and we were ready. I got suited up to the nines. <laughs> I, had, I had all my, uh, my Bible and my, my stuff ready to go. And we went to church and, and it was a good service old school Pentecostal where they preached and ran around the buildings and laid hands on the sick and and it was a good service and I, and I found myself at the altar in a place with God and I, I remember speaking in tongues for the first time and that powerful feeling of having it come over you and losing consciousness with God and I, I found a place in God that I had never gone before and I felt his spirit come inside me and I began to speak in tongues in a different language that I never knew and I didn't know how that was coming out of me but I you know we've been trained in it growing up they had told us that you the Holy Ghost comes inside you and you lose control of your tongue and you end up speaking in language that you don't know so I was kind of waiting for it but when it happened I remember thinking like this is it this is it like I can't make that sound and I don't know what that means and I'm not even trying to talk right now and it and it was an, it was such a great feeling that came over me that it was something I I wanted to experience more of and I remember being the last the last one drug out of the building <laughs> after they were trying to turn the lights off and my clothes drenched in tears and sweat and that feeling like release that you finally let all the stuff you've been holding on to go and that you're finally free to where you and God have an agreement and you know who he is and he knows who you is just like Jesus said I'll be in you and you'll be in me we'll be one and that's exactly what I experienced that night so I knew that the power of the Holy Ghost inside me would always keep me where I needed to be with God and not that I was ever you know perfect because God knows I'm still working on that but even when I found myself in really dark places in my life I knew that if I could speak in tongues then the power of the Holy Ghost was still inside me and it wasn't done with the work that it had started in me so as I continued throughout my life that was like my checking point like I would be I went on to become an alcoholic and made lots of bad decisions that I'm not going to glorify on this podcast but I would check myself like all right Dan did you go too far and I'd pray and I'd, I'd find myself speaking in tongues again and I'd be like all right there's still hope, Dan. Now get your life together. Stop doing some things. Turn some things around. But it, uh, you know, I, it, you've got to reach bottom before you really realize that you know you're not gonna you're not gonna live this way no more. So that finally happened to me, and I was the lowest I'll ever I'll ever want to go again. And lower than I will ever want to go again I should say but I I, uh, I wasn't living for God I was living for me I was making money I was spending it on what made me happy and I didn't care about the people around me or anyone else's feelings for that matter and 
I was an alcoholic and never really that bad. I wasn't a drug addict. I never really dabbled in hard drugs. Thank God. He kind of he kind of kept me from that. But um, I still wasn't making good decisions, and I knew it. And I finally got to a point where I cried out and I prayed, and I was like, God, I'm I'm done. Like you have to take control of my life because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to fix it and I only know how to make it worse so you cry out to God and God changes things like I was talking about in the beginning about my father and that was birthed out of my mom crying out that to change my father and to keep him from from going too far and my dad was trying to go too far and he was in a car accident and God stopped him from going too far and because of that in that situation like it changed everything and that's the same with my life like God had to break me down so he could rebuild me so I lost my job <laughs> and I had no I told God I was working a job where I had to I had to work every Sunday. There was no other way around it. So it was a convenient excuse to not go to church. And during that like two or three year span of not going to church, I really showed myself that without church, I am no good. <laughs> like people were like, oh, we don't need church. We don't need church. Well, don't look at my life because it won't teach you that. My life will teach you that without church, you're evil you know the the bible says that jesus said when they came to him and said good master he said why are you calling me good there's only one that's good and it's god and so if jesus can say i'm not good <laughs> i know i'm supposed to be christ-like but i'm not good <laughs> there's only one that's good and it's god the father so until he makes us a glorified body again none of us are going to be good and without God in your life, you're not going to be good. I, I I disagree with everyone who says, oh, some of the best people I know are atheists. Well, then they must have more of God in them than they know. Because you can't have a lack of God and be good. There's no such thing as not having God in your life and having a good life. The essence of, of good is God. So the more time I spent away from church, the worse my life became. And you know, we, 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 the devil will give us a thousand excuses. Well, you know, you have to work. You've got a family. Oh, your family's sick, so you, you, know, you can't go to church, which shouldn't make sense when the Bible tells us to go to church to get prayed for when we're sick. But I guess now that we're in post-coronavirus era... <laughs> The churches don't even want you there if you're sick, so it's weird. But that's the devil's game. Come up with every excuse in the world not to go to church. And my life proves that that will make you a terrible, terrible Christian. You will not be a successful Christian living for God, loving God, and having a good life, sitting at home, not going to church. It's the devil's playground. That's why I don't understand why some churches are trying to make churches about staying at home and just getting your church from the internet. Like, that's 
that's not going to create the lifestyle of getting up and going to church and honoring God and making church the center of your life. You get up and turn on something on the computer real quick and act like you just got church and you didn't get church. You can get a video on the internet all week long, but one day you can actually go to God's church and spend time in his building. Uh, I mean, that's priceless, especially for somebody like me, <laughs> for somebody who's not the good cookie cutter Christian. <laughs> so I need to actually be in a building. I need to be in a building. I need a pastor who's going to tell me not to sin. I'm going to need somebody to spank me from time to time and be like, Dan, stay on track. Hopefully, and definitely, the older that I'm getting, the better that God has taught me. So, <laughs> But we all need it. We need church. So finally, I, I cried out, and I said, God, you know, I, I, I need a change. So he, he did. He, he lo I lost my job, and I had no more excuses not to go to church. So I started... I started going back to church, and I, I remember my mom, probably the greatest day of her life, when she saw her boys return to church, because my little brother was right there with me. You know, we, we did everything together, the dumb stuff, the good stuff. We got married a couple years apart, and we're both living for God now. And I came back to church, and I decided that this is, this is what I was going to do, and it doesn't matter how good life looks. It's not. It takes church, it takes God to make a good life. So I got back into church, I committed my life. I I got reconnected with my pastor, the one who caught me smoking cigarettes, <laughs> which he is an amazing man of God. Pastor Nate and Ipsy at Pine View Church. If you're looking for a church, there's not a better one. So I will promote him all day. But he uh, he changed my life. You know, he, he, came, he came up to me as a man of God without condemnation and without judgment in his eyes. And I'll never forget, he put his arm around me and he told me, Dan, I don't care how drunk you get on Saturday, you better be here on Sunday. And I know... Some, you know, you probably got religious people all over the place. What kind of a statement to make to somebody? Well, it was just a statement that Jesus know, knew that I needed to hear. So, I mean, I mean, God knows a way to, to tug on your heartstrings. And he knows just the right words to reach you. And it really takes a good man of God to let those words flow through him. And that's what my pastor did to me, and he, he, he showed me that, Dan, God loves you. And it doesn't matter that you've messed up. Once you realize that you've messed up, he'll take your brokenness and he'll change it. And he'll accept your repentance when you mean it. So that's what I gave him. I gave him, I gave him a broken heart. And a messed up life but it was all his I didn't want anything else to do with it I didn't want I didn't want to try and control my life because I wasn't doing a good job of controlling it so I I dedicated myself back to God and back to the church and I of course I didn't lose my Holy Ghost so I never got rebaptized or 
any non-doctrinal stuff like that. The Holy Ghost was still in me the whole time I was sinning and living wrong. He was a gentleman right there beside me trying to say, Dan, don't go too far. Come back. Come back. You know, people act like, you know, when you sin, the Holy Ghost leaves you. And Jesus came into the world of sin. God didn't have to come to earth, but he wrapped himself in sinful flesh and came to earth so that he could help guide man out of sin into salvation. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit did to me in my life. Now, I, I wish I could have do it all over and I wouldn't have went into the sin and I wouldn't have drugged and grieved the Holy Ghost through all that process. But I thank God that his mercy and his love endures forever. And that when he comes alongside you and he makes you his child, he doesn't just get rid of you when you bring home a bad report card. But he's like, okay, then I'm going to tutor you. <laughs> I'm going to take you under my wing now, son. Like, you're not doing good in this? Okay, well, I'll help you. And if we allow him to and we give in to that, we let him work those things in our life. He'll take stuff that we're not good at and he'll turn it for the best. And he'll take things that we would never amount to anything and he'll make it precious because he's a great God. So I, uh, so yeah, between my pastor and my church and my, my parents, you know, I rededicated my life to God and I went at it full, full on, man. I, I cut the sin out of my life. The Holy Ghost empowered me to cut the sin out of my life and it wasn't some of it wasn't automatic some things were some things I you know God would just deliver me from and then there's things that I had to work on and there's things I'm still working on and I I believe that one day I'll have a glorified body and I'll never sin again and I can't wait for that to happen but I believe it's our jobs as Christians to, to live a holy life and to maintain their lives not to just make a practice of sinning and allow sin to run rampant in our life but we should acknowledge what God's done for us and we should use the power that the Holy Ghost gives us to be dead to sin and to overcome sin and to not be held captive to sin I'm a master over it according to the Bible I don't have to sin I, I, if I do sin, it's not on accident, it's on purpose, because I master it. I better make sure I don't. I should, I should definitely make sure that I, I stay away from it, because it, I've seen where it's taken me in my life, and I know where, what it can do to people. But I know that you know we make the right decisions, and we come to God, and then we got to trust in the power of God for the rest, and He never fails us. And he definitely has never failed me. So he instantly started working wonders in my life and changing me and making me into somebody that all of my friends wouldn't have recognized. And I, you know, I've, I've brought people to church through my Bible studies that, you know, I'll never forget one of my good friends sitting in my back seat crying, telling me, man, if I'd have never seen you change your life, Dan, if I'd have never seen God change your life, I never would have believed that that was possible. And I would always say, it wasn't me, it was God. You know, he changed my life. And I, you know, it's it's a partnership, though. 
when I look back now, you know, it was definitely a decision that I made to change my life and to start living for God and to stop doing the things that I knew were not <laughs> were not pleasing him. But at the same time, there were things in my life that like alcoholism and lust and that I didn't think I'd be able to control on my own, that I knew I needed supernatural help to control. And as I prayed for it and as I sought after it, the Holy Ghost provided. And I was able to conquer things that I wasn't able to conquer before. I quit drinking. I, I changed my life, man. I was all about God and reading the Bible and listening to Christian talk shows and Christian music and getting as much God in me as possible. And, you know, when you change your life, God God blesses you. So he blessed me. And I, I got a new job. I got a better job. I was running my own company. And I, I, was, I was doing better. And I met my wife. God gave me my beautiful wife. And if, if that's not the greatest example of a miracle, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what is. My wife is gorgeous, and she is an, uh, an extreme angel. Like anybody that's met her will tell you that. And if you try to tell me otherwise, then me and you are probably going to fight. <laughs> but she, she's great. She's always happy. She's, she's an angel, and I, I was the devil. And she helped change, <laughs> change me to be the person I, you know, we make each other better, honestly. Now, now it's a partnership. We've been in this coming up, coming up to 15 years now. And we, we better each other every day. And from the start, we bettered each other, you know, I mean, <laughs> even though I was dirty, you know, and I, I was from the world. And I probably, you know, people were definitely afraid of our relationship. They were like, man, we know him. And she's such a good girl. Why is she going to get with him? But she saw the diamond and threw all that rough. And just like God did. And she knew that with God's help, that I could be a man of God that she wanted in her life. So we got together, roughy, <laughs> a little rough story there, but it worked out, and we've been married now for a while, and it was nothing short than a miracle from God, and as soon as, right before we got married, my pastor came to me again, seriously, and he was like, Dan, you know, you're going you're gonna to marry her, you're going to be the priest of your home. And he said, uh, if you're going to be the priest, you should at least know your Bible. And you should have at least read your Bible. And that took, I took it to heart. I took it to heart. And I took it serious. And I said, you know what? He's right. If I'm going to be the priest in my home, then I'm going to read my Bible. So I got into studying like crazy. I read my Bible cover to cover before I ever walked down that aisle to marry my wife. And... I remember the pastor standing up when he married us, and he, and he announced that over the platform. He said, Dan just read his whole Bible, and I was so proud. I was like, I did it, God. I put your word inside me. And and I knew that putting that in me was going to change my life. And it, the minute I read the Bible cover to cover, it was like my brain expanded. I could I could understand concepts 
with God that I never, that I grappled with before. I also realized that everything, most, most things people tell you about the Bible aren't really the way it is in the Bible. So that's why reading it for yourself is a great thing. And that's kind of what I'm tricking everybody in these Bible studies into doing. Eventually, if you listen to me enough, you're going to hear the entire Bible over these podcasts. And I know it'll, it'll change anything. It'll change your life. It'll change anyone's life who hears it. So once I got the Bible in me, it just made this quest for knowledge inside of me where I had to fill that void. So I attended a bunch of Bible seminaries and satellite Bible schools. And, and I, I learned what the Bible had to teach as much as I could. I read Bible dictionaries alongside with Bible so I'd understand the words. I read Haley's Bible handbook side by side, page for page with the Bible, you know, and I studied my Bible. I've probably read through my Bible, uh, I'd say, 20 times if I had to guess. And that's just, that's to make sure that I don't lie. <laughs> but now I go through it. Now I make sure I at least go through the Bible once a year. Once a year, I go through a cover to cover, and then the rest of the year, I spend teaching it and studying it and reading portions that I feel led from the Holy Ghost to go through, but I also, like, do a lot of referencing, and I love books about how to study the Bible and how to, you know, how to grow, you know, that's wisdom from God that you, you're going to get through spending time in His Word. I've made that a priority of my life ever since me and my wife got together and we decided to get married. And the next step was not only for me to get fed, but for me to feed as many people around me as possible. So me and my wife got married and we hit the road running. We started doing the thing that I love more than anything on earth. We started teaching Bible studies. We taught Bible studies to anyone who would listen <laughs> I taught a Bible study at one point we were teaching a Bible study in a different city every single night of the week we were winning souls and we were spending time with God and I, I still look back to those days today and I'm like that was the greatest time of my life like every night we were in the word every night we were teaching we were preaching we were moving and our life was great and it was everything that I, I dreamed of doing and I was I was completely content completely happy and exactly where I wanted to be in my life but God always has a plan that's bigger than ours so and it doesn't it never change you know it does he doesn't take things away from us and make us unhappy so even still like now I'm teaching podcast on the radio <laughs> or on your phone or whatever you're listening to it on and, and I'm enjoying it. I love still doing this. Like, I look forward to setting aside time to put together these Bible studies. You know, they're an hour long on here, but on my end, they're more like three or four. <laughs> I got to cut out all the bad outtakes, and I've got to study. I've got to know what the Holy Ghost wants me to bring to the table. And I, I try to make sure that I don't run out of things to say and sound like I'm just babbling like I am on this podcast <laughs> but so I uh yeah we started teaching bible studies man and we were we were bringing people to God and the Holy Ghost was moving 
people were getting baptized, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Every week we were showing up to church with carfuls of people and people meeting us there. And we were going to other churches because we had to meet people at those churches because they were new people. And God was doing amazing things. And we were we were teaching a Bible study in Westland and another amazing pastor that I love. I just got to see not too long ago. I was so excited about it. But we were teaching a Bible study at his church, and we had a lot of people coming, man. We were, every week we were getting new people, new people, and then we, were, we would teach them, and then they'd start his church, and then we'd get more people in. And, you know, as you're doing it, you're, you're, you're having so much fun just living in the moment and just being happy and meeting people and talking about God, and you don't really get to see, you know, how much effect you're having in people's lives. But um, we had a service I'll never forget it was a it was a church service and it was a revival and we had brother Bobby Wade another amazing Pentecostal preacher and he uh, he came and he preached and this guy if you've ever heard him he preaches he prophesies there's healings miracles great man of God so I was excited to go and hear him preach and so we showed up to the church and the pastor brother smothers got a church in livonia if you're in that area and you're looking for a great church again amazing man of god amazing so we uh you know i showed up to the church with brother smothers and greeted him and everything and he said you know before the service started he said hey dan i'm gonna have you get up and say something in the service so i'm like okay i'm kind of comfortable talking in front of people know most of your church so I was I was wasn't thinking it was a big deal until the service started and Bobby Wade gets up and he is preaching like he's letting loose so I'm sitting there like I thought he was gonna have me get up and talk all right cool I must have got out of that one so Bobby it's one of those services where nobody sits down like everybody was up front in front of the service while he's like prophesying and preaching and performing miracles you know the holy ghost is of course through him but you know amazing things are going on in the service under the anointing so i'm 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 enjoying the holy ghost i'm loving the service i'm like this is great i don't have to talk this is good and bobby wade gets done and you know we're all praying like this is this is great this is good church we can go home now everything was good (laughs) And then Brother Smothers gets up, and he starts talking. He starts preaching. So um, here we go. We got two sermons now. This is amazing. And Brother Brother Smothers is letting him have it. He's preaching. He's hitting the pulpit, red in the face. I'm loving it. I'm like, go. And then he goes, yeah, I'm going to have Brother Tacky come up here in a second. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't forget. (laughs) he's gonna make me come up here it's like following elvis presley at a concert like there's nothing else i can do here like the holy ghost has already been here like bobby wade just prophesied to everybody in the church we we all know the future now we don't need to hear what i gotta say but i'll never forget it he called me up front and you know he put his arm around me and he said dan's been doing a lot of bible studies for this church and a lot of people have been coming here and he said if you're in this building because of a Bible study that him and his wife have taught, please stand up. And I don't, it's not a form of bragging or, 
anything like that. But I'll, I'll never forget how humbling it was to see how many people stood up. And I, I don't, I'm not going to quote a number because it doesn't matter. But it mattered in that moment to me that it showed me that, damn, what you're doing for God matters. Teaching Bible studies matters. Telling people about God matters. We can't change people's lives in any other way. A guy comes up to me and tells me he's hooked on heroin, and I, I can't I can't just talk him out of doing heroin. I can't say, hey, you know, you're going to die from that. He knows he's going to die from it. It's not going to change anything. The only thing that's going to change is if I can give him God. Because I've seen heroin addicts change their life from God. I've seen alcoholics quit thing, quit drinking because of God. So if, if I'm going to hand him something that matters and something that's going to change his life, I have to hand him Jesus. So, so knowing that that I affected those people's lives that way, like really hit me to the core. So he had me speak, and I, you know, it wasn't memorable. <laughs> All I did was close the service and, you know, remind people God loved them and that, you know, this was an amazing service that we just had and the Holy Ghost that we just felt. And then I prayed and I closed the service down and everybody continued to pray and everybody was still seeking God. And I was standing in the back and Brother Bobby Wade came back to me and he laid his hands on me and he started speaking in tongues and he prophesied to me and he said, Dan, before the end of the year, you're going to see something big happen in your life and you're never going to doubt God again. So as he was saying those words to me, me and my wife had been married for about three years. All we cared about was Bible studies. We weren't trying to save money. We weren't trying to get a better job. Like I was trying to win souls. So I'm, we were living with my parents. You know, we weren't having kids yet. We were had a car that was pretty much held together with duct tape it was given to me which was probably the next couple vehicles as well <laughs> but as he's telling me God's gonna do something big for you all I can hear inside me from the Holy Ghost is a house God's gonna give you a house so I you know I'm bawling I'm praying I'm like God like is this true like I know you're real my faith in you is strong. You're going to give me a house. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know how you're going to do this. <laughs> you're going to have to pull this off. So we left, and afterwards, we all, you know, we went out to eat. And Bobby Wade and Brother Smothers, and we, we talked more. And Bobby Wade kept telling me, he said, you know, pay your tithes. You know, be faithful to your church. And be faithful to your pastor. And God's going to make this happen before the end of the year. And he said it's going to be so big, you'll never doubt him again. And, and I, again, I'm thinking the whole time. I know I know he's talking about a church. So, you know, so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is like probably around early uh, July, August, maybe. It's in that area that all this goes down. And, and I could be totally wrong. So I'm going based off my, my memory here. But I know that he said by the end of the year and I I know that a couple of months later which was around October we found out that my wife was pregnant with our first son and that was a miracle we had been we wanted children but it just it wasn't happening and 
it was just to the point where I was about, I had already made doctor's appointment and humiliated myself to that point when I knew all along, if God wanted me to have kids, I'd have kids because my life belongs to God. So this miracle happens. My wife is with child and I, I'm, I'm so excited I, to this day. Some people don't like their kids. I love my kids. I love spending time with them. They're a gift from God in my life. And so my, uh, my first son was on his way and the devil goes, well, there's your miracle, Dan. It wasn't a house. It was a kid. And I know inside, no, it was a house, so, but either way, I'm excited. So I go and I told my mom, I said, you know, we got a miracle. My wife, my wife's going to have a child. And I said, that must've been the miracle. And my mom goes, no, it wasn't. She said, how long, how far along is your wife? And I said, well, she's a month right now. And my mom said, a month ago, I put a prayer cloth under your bed. That's my miracle. <laughs> so, okay, mom, that one's yours. I guess the house is still on the way. We got a couple of months to find out. So I'm waiting to see. I'm, like, I'm in my heart, I believe. God's, God's real. And he, and he prophesied that to me. So it has to happen. I never doubted it. But I, I did not know how he was going to pull this off. Like, this is, this is a big miracle. So we go in... Uh, we're getting close to Christmas. Finally, like in December, like literally uh, like a, probably a week or two before Christmas, my grandfather calls me and says, hey, Dan, you, uh, you want to buy a house? And I'm like, yeah, Grandpa, I'd love to buy a house. But um, he goes, okay, well, uh, how much money you got? And I'm like, zero. I literally just spent every dime I had on Christmas presents. Like, <laughs> I got zero in the bank. <laughs> so he goes, well, I got I got something working out. And I'll, uh, I'm going to see what I can do. You start putting money together and you see what you can do. And I, I'm like, okay. And instantly, my Holy Ghost is going crazy. I'm like, this is meant to be. Like, this is what we prophesied. So... I, uh, the next couple days I kept getting phone calls from my grandfather and he was, the Holy Ghost told me, don't say no, whatever you do, don't tell him no. And don't say, I can't do it. Just say, I'll see. So he, he called me up. All right, well, we're going to need, I think originally they wanted $7,000 down. It was going to be a thousand dollars a month. And like, I'm like, Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see what we can come up with here. And to make this shorter literally he called me like every couple of days with a smaller offer and a smaller offer until so we literally moved into the house with like a thousand dollars down lived here for like two months without paying rent and it was like five hundred dollars a month uh zero money down like six percent interest so nothing short of a miracle we never had to deal with a bank we never had to, we never had to ask anything. Literally, here's the keys, move in. A big three-bedroom home, I mean, not big, depending on, I guess, who you are, but a, a three, big for me, big enough for my family. Three-bedroom home, attached car, garage, solid brick, new roof, new, new, like everything's nice. An older couple lived there and took care of this house, nice. And here you go, here's the keys. 
So we 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 move in. We sign the paperwork. Ten year deal. It's it's paid and done for. No balloon payments. You're done. You just make your payments. So we we were blown away. I'm still blown away. I can stand here in this house today still and know that this was nothing short of a miracle from my God. Because we served him. We gave our time. We taught Bible studies. We, we, we fed his sheep and we loved his people. And he's not a debtor to nobody. You're never going to do anything for God and feel like you wasted your time. He'll make sure you know that that was well spent. That that was money invested in the best the best return system that you're ever going to find god is going to always be a good god so he gave me this house this amazing miracle and it blew me away and then i've got my son and then i have my my second son my second son victor was born and uh we didn't know exactly what was going on when he was born, but he, at six months, he was having trouble, trouble crawling, and my wife, of course, a mother, she noticed first, and she realized that something wasn't right, but I, uh, I was in a little bit of denial, I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe, and I didn't want to think that there could be a problem, but despite my denial, reality had to set in and I realized that my son had had a stroke in the womb and that he had CP and that started a whole new phase in my life where we had to go for CAT scans and MRIs and all of this crazy crazy nightmare that you don't want to go through when you're dealing with your baby and your son and but I uh, I knew and I've always known that God loves us and he's got us right where he needs us to be and you know we prayed for my son we brought him to church we talked to doctors we do therapy we did what we had to do and now he's seven years old and he's had a great life and I I've learned so much from seeing him in his life. The boy gets up, he 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 can't he barely can use his left arm. God's been healing him every step of the way. Like he does things every day that amazes me. The other day he grabbed me from behind and grabbed both of my arms and he locked both of them up with both of his arms. And I was like, man, like it made me feel so proud of him because it's not something that comes easy for him it's amazing you know I broke my collarbone and it was like about three months where I couldn't use my left arm at all and I and it was a taste of what my son goes through every day and I've you'll never meet a sweeter soul than my son he he gets up every day with a smile on his face and he's happy and, he, and he's, he, he, you know, he wants to talk about God. He knows that God's making him a new body in heaven one day. And he's going to have a brand new arm. And it doesn't hold him back from doing anything in his life. I mean, within reason. But he's, he's, he's never down. 
he's never upset about it. He talks about it like, hey, yeah, my lefty. My lefty had problems, but God, God's got me, and I believe that he would, he would have died in the womb if God wouldn't have stepped in. It wasn't that God allowed something terrible to happen to my son. God saved my son from something worse. And because of that, you know, we can deal with the little, the little complications that are coming in my life because I know that God's got his hand on us. And my faith is strong. Like, I believe my, that God's going to heal my son and make him whole again. He's already been healing him, but he's going to make him whole as a testimony to my boys. That's going to be the miracle in their life that they can point to, just like I can with my house, with my dad, with my jobs that God's given me, with cars God's given me, with times that food showed up at my door when I didn't have anything to eat. They're going to be able to point to these miracles in their life. And I, I believe that from the bottom of my heart, that that's a future miracle in my children's life. And, you know, whether it takes until the day of glory, either way, my God makes all things work together for the good for those who believe. So I've been spending my time lately taking care of my children and raising them in the fear and admiration of God. And it's been cutting back on how much I can do Bible studies and how much I can get out there and get in other people's houses because, you know, I've got a handicapped child and I've got another kid who is my world. So I, I got to pay attention to them. And that's when God put it in my heart to start doing these podcasts, man, to what I did before in people's homes and I'm not able to do now. I can put on a recording and hopefully, you know, I know, not hopefully, I know that God will send the right souls who need to hear this and it'll change their life as well. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. And we're going to see what other great and wonderful miracles that my God's going to perform in my life in the years to come because nothing goes without a reward in front of my God. When you give him your all, he will bless you. You know, I can't believe that God doesn't punish sin and God doesn't bless people who live sin free. Like, I know that that's a reality in this world. Like, if you, you live for God, with everything you got you'll have the best life here on this world and in the one to come so i hope these bible studies are touching people's lives i hope it's touching your life and i hope that in the future to come that it will reach the lives of everybody that god's called and and led to these podcasts so i'm gonna wrap it up there and uh hopefully we'll, we'll do a part two soon I'll tell you some more of the amazing things that God's doing in the future in my life. But um, let's close in prayer. Let's uh, go to our Father. So bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for the wonderful things that you've done in my life, God. For giving me a testimony that I can, that I can show other people, God, that you are the difference maker in this life. That everything that we come in contact with in this world is a result of your glory and the wonderful things that you've done for the people who love you. I want us to see shining examples of your majesty on this earth, God. I know that you love your children 
better than any earthly father could ever love his child. And that you know what we desire and what we need even before we need it, God. So let us put our faith and our trust in you. Let us surrender our lives to you, God, that you'll be the Lord and the King and the God of our life. And that you'll use the Holy Ghost, Lord, to wash away the sin in our life, God, and the things that are keeping us from having the life that you want us to have. I worship you, God, and I thank you so much, God, for allowing me to be used by you and to be in a relationship with you, God. I love you so much from the bottom of my heart, God, for everything you've done in my life, God. This testimony is a testimony of your greatness. You are the only God who will do such great things for his people. So I love and worship you. And I praise you, and in Jesus' name, amen. And thank you, everybody, for joining me and listening to my story. I hope uh, you've learned something from this, and I hope that my testimony will touch your life and show you that, for one, you can never get too far for God to still love you and pull you back into his kingdom, and that you can live a sin-free life by making the right decisions and allowing the power of the Holy Ghost to work through you. So... Go to church. Get to church. (laughs) You need it. It's important. It's important in this world, man. So get to church and get a relationship with God. Read your Bible. It changed my life, and I want it to change everybody's for the better. So I love you all, and thanks so much for joining in. In Jesus' name, I'll be with you guys again soon. So love you all. Until next time, God bless.